Welcome to Culture Talks, where we focus on developing people, business, and community through culture. Hello, guys, and welcome to Culture Talks, episode 16. We're on 16 already, I can't believe it. Today, we are delighted to be joined with our friend and colleague, Mr. Declan Barry. Many of you watching this will already know who Declan is, but to give you a small insight into what he's doing, he's working with some massively huge, hugely influential organizations at blue chip level sometimes. Um, and he mostly focuses on business and economic development, um, but also foreign trade. Um, and I'm not going to do him justice because I'm not going to pretend to know everything that he does. But Declan, do you want to give us a wee bit of an intro as to who you are and what you do? That was a fairly good stab at it, JP. Uh, yeah, as I said, yeah, my name is Declan Barry. I work um, primarily with government agencies and with large companies um, to help them to make sure that they've got the right resources in the right country. So that, that, that's largely where the economic development stuff comes in. So if they're choosing to open a new factory somewhere or if a particular location would like to promote themselves for investment, I'm sure you've probably seen something this week uh, about the, the whole Hezbollah, about uh, uh, Tesla choosing their new factory and putting it in Texas over Oklahoma. And I wasn't involved in that, but I've been involved in previous campaigns with organizations like Amazon and others that are choosing locations. Cool. Um, but it's that sort of world that I live in. Uh, but the reason that I'm, I'm talking to you fine folks today is that a huge part of what I've done over the years has been to build teams build sales teams and make sure that whenever people are opening a new location that they've got the mix of talent right and that they've got the right resource in the right place and that's where I spend an awful lot of my time and the reason that we're talking today is because a particular project we decided to look at was because well we're in quite an unusual time right now uh, a lot of people are at home they're not in the lovely office that their company has just built for them um, and there's going to be a process and there's going to be stuff going on which frustrates and allows that over the next period of time. So I really enjoy the opportunity to be on this and, and to have a chat with yourselves. Yeah, so today we want to discuss is that going to sort of indicate it towards there. Obviously, it is difficult times for, for everyone, for organizations throughout whatever whatever sector they're in or facing um, difficult challenges. And after a conversation, we, we came together. I don't even know how it actually came about at the start, but we, we came together to, to put um, a bit of information um, that we can supply to organizations. We sort of investigated some areas of organizations where they were facing problems already um, pre-pandemic, because um, there was obviously a lot going on within organizations. Um, they look at some historical events and what impacts that they've had on organizations in the past. So we looked at like say, 9-11 and things like that within the paper. And to then look at some positive steps forward that we're hoping and support organizations moving forward. So that's some of the, some of the topics that we kind of want to um, touch on today. So who wants to kick us off <laughs> some some of the points? I think that'd be interesting um, because obviously Declan's a guest on the show. Um, Declan, do you want to maybe even discuss some of the trends that you've seen coming out? Because um, we all took a, a bit of time to do a bit of research on what was going on, obviously, with the pandemic and um, looking mm -hmm. at those uh, historical issues that went on. Um, for you, what? because obviously this is about getting people back into the organization and the, the, the issues that we're going to face and are fish, facing um, at the moment. For you, what was some of the biggest trends that came out of this? 
Well, the, the first thing was that while this is a, I actually think this is important to note because a lot of people are behaving as if, um, you know, it's business as usual. We, yeah, we've all had a wee break. We've had a couple of months off. You were playing with the kids in the back garden for a wee while. It was great. Now it's time to get back to work. Um, where in reality, this is actually, and it's still going on, particularly if you're in North America watching this, it's still a once in a lifetime event mm-hmm. where the entire Western world and a good chunk of the Eastern world too has been shut down. Um, workplaces have been closed by law. Um, and if you like, the average person has been forced to work from home or to just stay at home. Um, We've never had that in our lifetime since probably going back to my grandparents could probably tell me stories about the Blitz and, and uh, you know, the Second World War. But really, we, we haven't had this before, so it can't be treated as, as just another day at the office. The other side of this is you also want to try and learn from the past. So while it is the first event of its type in a long time, it's not the only event which has had a seismic uh, impact on a workforce. So some of the uh, events that we looked at here were the, for example, as, as Sean mentioned there, 9-11. If you were working in a tall building in New York City in 2011, I would have been pretty nervous about going back to my desk. I would have been pretty nervous. Uh, there would have been some sort of hangover from that. There, there were precautions that offices and, and processes that employers had to go through to do that. Even if you look in other parts of the world where there have been significant natural disasters or, or other health-related things uh, in Asia, there have been quite a number of them, and there's a process that used to get back. So it would be a shame not to learn from these things uh, and try and work out what it was. So in terms of the themes that came through, the first major theme that came through was the acceptance of a new normal. Um, the, the, the simple things around... Um, we, we were joking the other day. I don't think it was a conversation between the three of us, but we were, I was in a conversation and someone said about shaking hands. And I went, yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll tell our kids in a couple of years, those Philistines and damn dirty apes that used to shake hands and hug each other. How very dare they? You know, but <laughs> and we were being flippant at the time. But the point was there will be a, I mean, we're, we now can't go into shops here in Northern Ireland without wearing a face mask. Um, I haven't shaken hands in a meeting in a long time, which is really bizarre changing of habit. Yeah. Uh, for me, certainly, maybe not for other people, but definitely for me. Um, and th- there will be an alteration to how we behave after this that kind of settles in as a new half-life, if you like, afterwards. Some of the other things that come in are behavioral from an employee point of view. Some people have just really enjoyed being at home. I know I have, you know, what, what other point do you get to, um, now when I'm different than I'm self-employed and I was able to keep the wheels turning, if you were in a situation where you were being paid 80% of your salary to sit at home and play with your kids uh, and not worry about work for three months, um, you know, happy days. I mean, you know, obviously accepting the seriousness of what's going on outside, course, but, yeah. you know, the ability to spend that sort of quality family time together and even those that were working from home who were able to create a good routine, be productive, 
but still be at home for family, still be more event, more part of events uh, where maybe they were, particularly if you look at people who live in major cities like London or New York or, or Madrid, where they get up two hours before they have to be in the office. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're on public transport um, and their working day maybe lasts 12, 14 hours because of travel. All of a sudden, their working day was seven hours. Jesus, that's a that's a that's a significant change. Yeah, that's that's life changing. Yeah. So so why would they want to go back to that? Mm -hmm. You know, so there's been no sort of practical issues. But then there's been some of the other things that come through, which are more around the the challenges which leaders and managers face and you know again we all know to stipulate the difference between a leader and a manager but the real trick here is that you know how have we then managed our corporate environment or our business environment whatever whatever terminology you like to use um with all these things going on how have we communicated with each other how have we kept in touch with our colleagues did we want to keep in touch with our colleagues was this a bloody good excuse not to, you know, talk to our colleagues? I'm sorry, Karen, I'm not taking your call today. You know, <laughs> all these things are going on. Yeah. And and that dynamic changes. So, you know, and, and there's been some healthy things where people are walking more, they're cycling more, they're exercising more. Some people have got a fabulous work-life balance. But there's other people where maybe uh, for, for those people out there that don't have family or children, um, they're working longer days. They're maybe starting earlier. They're maybe stopping later. Um, They're maybe under more pressure than they were before. And oftentimes, because they just get on with it, they're probably getting even more thrown on them from employers and and from other people. So in terms of wider themes, it's been really interesting area to read around. And it's been very interesting to look at some of the strategies and tactics that people are using mm-hmm. to try and normalize it. Yeah. That's it. I, mean, I think, I mean, as you, you're saying there, you know, everyone has been impacted differently as well. You know, whatever your circumstances were going into this, this scenario, first of all, are going to impact what happened the whole way through. And you know, we know a lot of people were, were struggling with a lot of mental health issues, for example, which really would have been exasperated with the lockdown period and mm-hmm. I think for, it depends as well you know I mean we were fortunate that in our house we have a back garden for the kids to go and play in but some people don't have that that kind of luxury either you know if you're stuck in a flatter apartment that it's even more difficult to deal with and it depends on the circumstances of your kids you know I, I know some people whose, whose children have autism and things like that and, and they would have struggled with routine mm-hmm. changes. and so everybody was in, impacted in their own home life in different ways but there were some positive circumstances and, and there were a lot of negatives and I suppose it also depends too in what impact COVID has actually had on you directly too? You know, have have you had a death in the family? Do you know what funeral that you couldn't attend? So there's so many different circumstances that are that are happening throughout, and that's going to impact how people feel going back to the workplace. But as you say, Dagan, you know, some people will love the the work life when you're sitting at home, and that works so well. And I know at the beginning, actually, I loved it. Um, but as time went on, I was kind of going, I need to move out of the house and be more, but I'm more productive in another space. But for some people, that isn't the case. They're they're more productive at home, so. Mm-hmm. It's about how do your organizations deal with this moving forward? So how, how do they deal with the, their employees who don't want to come back to the workplace, who want to stay at home, and other ones who want to come back to the workplace? Yeah. I think it all comes down to the communication that you it have. Is, uh, and on the communication piece, I mean, you raised the issue there of mental health beforehand. Um, yeah. Obviously, the national statistics would have said that about 40 to 45% of people would 
uh, admit to having moderate to high levels of stress or anxiety in the workplace mm-hmm. at some point in the previous 12 months. Uh, and we all know as, as people who uh, build and, and manage teams that um, the easiest way to combat that is through communication. And sometimes it's not easy to see. You know, some people are like the swan, you know, they're nice and demure above the water and then underneath just the legs are going 10 to the dozen. And, you know, you don't see that kind of anxiety or stressful behavior unless you're physically sitting across the table from someone and there's a tail of some nature which which brings your attention to it. Yeah. Um, so uh, that, that's been one of the big things around this. And especially in relation to the elongated nature of it, I think you hit on something really important there, Sean, that I think everyone felt like they were on holiday for the first three to four weeks of this. Um, you know, and I think a lot of corporate environments were kind of relaxed as well because we didn't really know whether this was a long term, a short term, yeah. what we were dealing with. But I think when we got to about week six, that's when everyone started thinking, oh, crap right i'm gonna to have to buy a desk now i'm gonna to have to get a chair now i'm gonna like i can't just keep using the kitchen yeah, table more permanent fixture now <laughs> you know we're, we're gonna to have to start making plans around this and then all of a sudden it feels when you're sitting at a proper desk with a proper chair and all the rest of it you kind of feel oh right i feel like i'm at work now um and that process then creates you start to feel some of those old anxieties come back and some of those issues the normal workplace issues come back but with the major disadvantage this time, that those who are responsible for your well-being and those who are responsible for looking after you in the workplace aren't there to see it. Yeah. They can't. Yeah. They can't. There's mm-hmm. no tactility. There's no visibility, um, and and there's no ability to show compassion. Uh, in in that um, scenario, and sadly, that's been one of the major issues that's come through. Have been those people who didn't really realize how much they depended on their workplace their workplace family. I mean, I've always joked to use the term when people say things like work wife and work husband, you know, you don't actually realize how important these relationships are until they're yeah. not there. Yeah. Um, and on a return to work, would they be there again? Or has everyone now just got too used to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, sorry, Sean, over you. I, I think it's, it, it says a lot about the, the culture of the organization when in times like this, I think, uh, obviously we were going to mention culture where I was going to, but, um, you know, those relationships that you mentioned. So the unspoken sort of support in a sense that comes along with those relationships is so vitally important. Um, and I know obviously we, we operate a business on behalf of a client of ours and uh, we oversee all the operations of that. And we have seen um, some people literally run into the door to get the doors back open. Um, and they've fallen unfortunately into that category where they were getting a lot of support from the relationships but likewise, we've seen some people who it suited them right down to the ground. Some people who have a family life and they're thinking, oh, this is a bit of a holiday, happy days and getting this 80%. Why would we want to come back to work? And I suppose a, a very important trend in this is for any leaders or managers or CEOs watching, um, you might be interested to have a, a read of what we're, we're putting out mm-hmm. because it, it can maybe provide some sort of guide or, or insights into how other people have dealt with this in the past, but also some tips maybe or, or, or areas to look at um, that you may be able to get ahead of yourself if you're dealing with some people. Because that's that's a moving environment. And, and Beckham, you make a really good point, as in there's never been a situation specifically like this, 
but you can't you can learn from those examples like like, like 9-11 other things that happened and um, wartime because i've heard that a lot over this period wartime they, they in, in the news they mention that a lot in wartime this is what we've done in wartime yet businesses totally across the board didn't close down the way they did this time but you can mm. still take nuggets off and um, inspiration out of it and i think the, the togetherness i mean that that clap every thursday for instance for the health mm. service and um, was one that kind of stood out to me and and it, it mimicked what we should be trying to provide as a, an organization through the cultural perspective i feel like there's a togetherness um, and i think that it's important for for leaders to really listen to what we're saying here and and see that there there is support out there there are not that this is a catalog of what to do but it's definitely an interesting read and and something that can really hopefully support you as a leader watching yeah. um, on what to do moving forward it, it, it's true and, and if i can use and i don't always like using sporting analogies but if you can imagine a, a time whenever a team is bottom half of the table and everyone's down in the dumps and they'll say that's when a manager or a leader will really earn their money i mean anyone anyone can lead a team that's firing on all cylinders and you know is having a great old time uh, any egypt can sit at the top of that room and look like a very impressive leader um however when you hit the skids that's when things start to go wrong and in the process of looking at this particular project i mean we looked specifically at some of the challenges that were there for leaders mm -hmm. and, and in fact, not just for leaders, but for the actual culture. I mean, again, to use the term that you guys have built your, your business on, the culture of the business, because what happens is, I mean, people forget how important the workplace actually is. People forget the ritual of actually going in and taking off your coat and saying hello to, you know, whoever it is you say hello to, stopping off for your morning coffee. That, that process, that ritual that you have every morning, that means you're ready to sit down and do the thing that you do. Um, so, you know, people forget about the actual importance of that. And, and again, the other thing is that people will also forget the routine stuff that they do um, that helps to bind all of these people together. I mean, very, very simple things like communicating your goals and priorities. I mean, you do that anyway in the workplace every day, but because you can't physically see someone or because they're at home or because you're having to use Zoom or something like that, a lot of people stop doing that. You know, I, I've spoken to some people who work for large organizations and um, I'm checking in with them for business development point of view and I'll say how things are going and I'll say, well, I haven't really heard from anyone in two or three months, but I'm sure everything's fine. I'm sure they'll contact me whenever it's time to go back. Um, you know, so you, you can't really be doing that. You really want to be keeping everyone up to date with what your goals are and what your priorities are because the business is still ticking along and the world is still ticking along. The other thing with this one is that, you know, frankly, um, there, there aren't enough good news stories going along. And I'm trying to, you know, and I know in a bizarre situation like the one that we're in, there aren't too many people jumping up and down telling yeah. success stories and talking yeah. about good news. But that's all the more reason when something good happens. Um, you should be jumping up. I mean, yesterday yeah. within my um, within my digital consultancy, we signed up a new long-term client. And we're absolutely over the moon. Absolutely over the moon because in difficult circumstances to get a new client on board, that generates revenue and adds more stability. Fantastic. I tell you, there was there was a, a celebration had 
anyway, socially distantly, of course. <laughs> um, but we, we still celebrated because it was the right thing to do. Yep. The other thing that's a little bit different, and there are two things which are different in terms of leadership now, which I feel are almost unique to the COVID situation and to the um, uh, you know extreme onboarding, I think is what we've called this white paper. You know that, yeah. and 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 maybe that's a bit of a thumbnail type title, but you know the two things are that one is that empathy should be at the heart of what everyone's doing. Uh, as as Sean alluded to there, um, everyone has been um, affected differently by this. Some people have lost loved ones. Some people have lost loved ones and not been able to mourn them. Some people um, got the illness and were knocked on their asses for two months. Some people got the illness and it didn't affect them at all, but they were pissed off because they had to sit in the back room uh, and not see their family for two weeks. Yeah. Um, so everyone was, everyone has been affected. And then you get some people who sat at home quarantined and never touched them. No one got sick. They don't know what this whole thing's about. And they're not that fussed by the whole thing at all. Mm-hmm. But it makes it more important that for leadership and management to be empathetic and compassionate to both their employer, their employees and to their customers. Yeah. Um, and that every process from sales to customer service to remuneration to everything has sympathy for that. And the only final thing I'll say, I'll say on this one, because I actually think it's the most important, is that there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. No one's been here before. I mean, even in the process of putting together this white paper with some suggested tactics, um, we're using best guess. We're saying, you know, based on the theory of what is good people management and what is good leadership qualities, um, this is how we would go about it. But if you know your business better and if you know your people better, there's no right or wrong answer. Just look after your people. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the same as culture as well, because there is no one fit culture either for any organization. You know, the answers, even the culture in general, are different <laughs> for everybody because what works for some doesn't work for others. Mm. But one of the things which, which we point to, and um, one of the basic areas which is important that all organizations have, is when we look at um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and we look at that sort of psychological safety. And mm-hmm. this is one of the difficulties as well for leaders coming in because, as you say, you know, the leaders have faced all the same challenges everyone else has faced. You know, they, they haven't been mm-hmm. separated from this. But they're coming in with these same challenges, the same psychological challenges as well. But they're also faced with the fact of you're trying to provide the physical safety around an area, particularly mm-hmm. the likes of, of hospitality, for example. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. hospitality is customer facing. You have to be there. And for leaders coming in, they're trying to find a, a fine balance between getting the PPE in place and making pe- people feel comfortable in that sense, but also making feel, making them feel comfortable that it's safe to come into. Mm-hmm. And it's not a big scary place where people are wearing masks and visors, you know. Exactly. It's a hard balance to try and find. And one of the important things that we need to remember as well is that employees within the organization still have all the same needs that they had before. And we can't yeah. forget that. You know, we have to still take the time for our team because if we don't, we're going to be found wanting in the future. And I think this is a time when organizations will be judged by their employees, whether they know it now or not. And I think it's going to stand to organizations who treat their team well and really look after them. It's going to stand them well in the long term. Because at this point, there are jobs now, and and, and the future when there are, people will go to them. (laughs) If they weren't happy with how they're treated now, they'll move on in the future. You're absolutely right. And and, and what I think a lot of employers forget is that the furlough scheme is a two-way street. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, anecdotally, um, there are some people that I know that work in very highly skilled roles in technology and finance and in others who were put on furlough who kind of thought, why me? Why was I chosen to go on furlough and Jim and Bob weren't? Uh, does that mean they're better than me? Does that mean that you rank them higher than me? Does that mean, okay, so, well, okay, I'm happy to sit at home and take 80% of my pay, but when push comes to shove, whenever your competitors find out that I'm sitting at home scratching, I think they might find a role for me and they might find better conditions for me. And that's not going to be the same for everyone, but you know, that, that could well be, a major factor in what happens but the 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 challenge that people have are that i i don't know i think i think in the white paper we were served it as you know people say team norms you know that whole that old saying of you know storming norming and reforming we almost have now the non-norms of of these you know unusual behaviors you know it's the it's the non-norms of unique environments you know, and, and there, there, there's some stuff in that, you know, whenever people are at home and they're working at home, are they, you know, is it traction or is it distraction? Are you getting yeah. stuff done or, you know, was the PlayStation looking fantastically attractive that day? Um, you know, were the kids distracting you for huge swathes of time when really you just got engrossed in Frozen 2? Uh, you know, how did this, how did this happen? Uh, and that's all down on the basis of that leadership and of that looking after people. Because again, if they feel well looked after, if they feel well supported, they're more likely to be, there's more traction, there's more work getting done, there's more stuff happening. If they feel ignored, if they feel unsupported, then the distractions become bigger and wider. On the other side of that, as we've already said, you've got that work-life balance. It's where's the boundary. It's instead of my, you know, if I'm used to getting up at six o'clock in the morning and doing my commute and being behind my desk for 8.30, well, if I still get up at 8.30 in the morning and I don't, or six o'clock in the morning, I don't have a commute anymore. Does that mean my laptop's getting switched on at 6.30? Yeah. You know, and I don't have a commute home. Does that mean it stays switched on until 7.30 p.m.? Who knows? But again, that's all down to that support. There should be someone identifying that saying, this isn't sustainable this isn't healthy um, and that it will really just lean lean towards burnout. On the other side of that, I've also heard of stories of companies who are, let's say, the abuse of human resource whereby you've got someone who is sitting at home and they're sitting at home and the, the manager doesn't care to sit there until eight o'clock at night. So we'll just keep asking questions and pumping over emails until 6.37, 7.30 p.m., knowingly sending emails whenever people theoretically should not be working. And again, that just leans towards burnout. That just leans to people not feeling supported, not feeling trusted. And at the end of the day, um, as you quite rightly said, they'll vote with their feet. Um, and you know, when an opportunity comes along, they'll probably take it. And there's all the other stuff go- that goes on around this, and I'm not going to go into it verbatim. People can read the report themselves. But you know, there are other phenomenons like the ever-moving deadline that just yep. keeps kicking on down the hill because people don't have proper leadership and management in place. 
And then you've got huge issues around communication, people siloing information. I can't see you. We're not in the same office. Therefore, I'm not going to share this information with you. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of repetition and stuff going on. That's why we have organizations. That's why we have communication strategies. But a lot of that goes out the window. So again, uh, people can read the report themselves. But I mean, this is a huge part of it. This is a massive, massive issue about people feeling that support and that um, and that uh, that warmth and compassion from the organization that mm-hmm. that everyone's time energy and hard work is being appreciated and respected yeah i think it's it's that attitude of you may be out of sight but you shouldn't be out of mind that's and, exactly it and uh, i think that uh, i think many people didn't even know what zoom was before lockdown um, I think loads of people like I, I know that we used it once before, Sean. I think and yeah, once, um, literally once. Declan, I know you because of the work you do. You you may be on these types of platforms much more than most. Well, well, the remarkable thing is it became a verb. It's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> I'll you see me later. <laughs> you know, and I can only imagine the people at Skype must be really pissed off because they're like, we've been here for years, lads. We've been right here. Well, why not us? Yeah. Um, I'm just sorry I didn't get time to buy Zoom shares before. That's they... it. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, unbelievable. I believe this fellow who owned it, uh, owns it um, became a billionaire like overnight. Um, I'm not surprised. And, and, and and you know that is a bit of a nod towards um, some people who have done well out of this. You know, I, I was saying to Sean, I, I got in contact with just messaging people as you do on LinkedIn and and building relationships as best we can. And I speak to some people who have started businesses up in the midst of this. Obviously, the, the main function. Uh, provide an answer to a problem and and um, one was a a platform uh, built online and it was for like an airbnb type setup and I, my understanding of it was obviously there's still some some sort of business that was being done during lockdown under the radar or whatever and there was people who were still traveling back and forward on those one or two flights that were still going on and mm-hmm. um, but nowhere to stay so hotels being closed and Airbnb, for the most part, probably being closed. And this company, obviously, this fellow seen an opportunity and he said, you know what? I know a couple of uh, places who are willing to let it out. And I believe that he's built up a fantastic business. So there, there is opportunity in every in every case. You know, look at your corner store, for instance. Look at your spars and um, your Vivos. Your, you know, mm-hmm. th- they really did become the cornerstone of the community because for many people who were allowed to go out and they weren't shielding, they were a pl- that was the place where people were going if, on a, a every second or third day if they needed to. Um, and while there was social distancing and their will for a long period of time, sometimes that was the only contact they had. Declan, you made a bit of a nod towards that when there's people who don't have families, maybe they're not in a relationship, maybe they live alone. And um, I think that that's sort of the mentality that can go along with, as you say, the first couple of weeks are great, but when whenever you start coming in, like, we're all lucky because we have families, so we, we maybe didn't feel that. But I'm sure there's people maybe watching this who have really, really struggled, and it's it's taken on a new, um, I suppose, challenge for them. And when they're returning to the workplace, leaders are going to have to try and help that out. Mm-hmm. But the, the point I'm making is, um, just talking about culture, about how many organisations and some people may say, well, you know, we couldn't keep the culture going because uh, they are at a side out of mind. Well, that's not really a good enough excuse because you have these wonderful platforms here where um, a good example would be Laura and the fiance, her company, they still do their stand-up. Um, maybe it's more of a sit-down, but they do a stand-up every morning. They, they do a quick, how are you, how are things? What are you going to get achieved today? 
um, good luck. And it wasn't so much a what are you doing, what you're meant to be doing. It was just that point of contact. Mm-hmm. And while they're not in person, this is the next best thing. You can see each other. We can uh, hear each other. Still have a bit of banter and still feel that connection. Um, and I think for people who are able to do that, and I think a lot of organisations learned actually, yeah, you can't still keep that function going. It, it, it's um, been yeah, it's it, it, remarkably it, fast. The mm-hmm. adoption of this. I mean, it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- there's one thing I would say. Just you, you said something there, which I think is important. One of the hopes that I have coming out of this is that there will be a lot more respect for people in roles in retail, yeah, in you know warehousing in Amazon. I mean, God help our Amazon delivery guy locally. I've had him tortured <laughs> every bloody day, you know, but. I'm kind of hoping that it gives people a new appreciation for the hours that these yeah. guys work, the circumstances they work in and the, and the, the, the stress that they go through mm-hmm. um, and, and the public service that's provided as well. I don't think, I, I don't think, I mean, uh, our local uh, garage here, our, our local, um, I think it's your or, or whatever, but um, they went from having no, uh, delivery service whatsoever because essentially they were a petrol station with a deli strapped onto it to doing something like 175 deliveries a week to vulnerable people and people who were shielding Fantastic. Uh, and they created that service turned it around staffed it and made it operationally viable within about three weeks of this all starting so it's remarkable the achievement of some of these community-based um, stores and organizations yeah the other thing that you mentioned there about that that isolation and you know we're lucky we have families the other side of it as well is especially when you've got i have young children um I, i've been very grateful to have adult company back over the last couple of weeks you know there's only so much discussion i can have around <laughs> Paw Patrol and, uh, and Elsa and, and the other one, um, you know, there's only so much of that I can do while trying to do work with my laptop at the side and all the rest of it. Yeah, and yeah. then last week when I went back into Belfast and I managed to have a meeting in a conference room with other adults. Uh, <laughs> Your big boy pants on? <laughs> it was, it, I wore trousers. Um, it was, you know, it was fantastic. But it was good to have that adult company and that mental um, yeah. exercise where yes. people were actually challenging you. Yeah. And you had to come up with better ideas. And especially yeah. in my line of work, it's all about coming up with better ideas and ways of doing things. So whenever you don't have that challenge of adult one-to-one interaction with people, it does stunt you. And it's, yeah. it takes a wee while. It's almost like a hangover to kind of yeah. get to, to get back into it again. But you're, you're absolutely right in, in everything you've said there. That, that, that um, getting people back into circulation, looking after them, being that point of contact and, and carrying on your responsibility as a leader. That's not, there's, there's nothing special about this. This is you doing your job, Yeah. but it's, there's so many reasons not to do it. You know, yeah. there's so many, there's so many reasons why it's difficult. And there's so many reasons why, I mean, I know people who don't like doing video calls during the day yeah. uh, to their staff because they know they're probably sitting at home with their hair up in a pony, ponytail hoodie on, their glasses when they normally wear contacts, all of these sorts of things where people just don't want to be on camera. And then when you do say, can we do a zoom in five minutes, you can see the frantic, you know, <laughs> presentable, go and have a shave, go and, you know, come with her. 
uh, and get myself sorted out. So there's that panic that kicks in too. But I think the adoption thing has been huge. Yeah. Uh, and that's what will really push this forward because <laughs> now you're getting to a stage whereby um, it's not just that, you know, video conferencing like this was seen as, you know, get you with your technology. Yeah. Now your granny is calling you on Zoom because she wants to see you. So yeah. this isn't high tech anymore. No. So it's, you know, you've got to move on to the next level now. But I think the adoption of this sort of technology has probably been pushed forward 10 years in yeah. three months. Absolutely. saying about the adoption and things like that you know I, I think for organizations already in existence mm -hmm. it's a new opportunity as well to build on the culture that you previously had providing it was a positive culture and if it wasn't to build a new culture a new positive culture moving moving forward and, and that can be done and is a prime opportunity to do it because i think almost everything is nearly started from scratch again you know all the old routines that were there people have almost forgotten mm -hmm. a lot of times so now is the time to build in new habits positive habits and new routines and build a good strong foundation for a culture moving forward. Mm -hmm. and I think, this, as I said, this is the time it will be remembered. So it's the absolute best time to, to do it. And in the paper, you know, we've touched upon some of the points. And I, I really enjoyed just looking at that paper and just looking into some of the circumstances in the past. It's really interesting when you start getting into it. So hopefully it is an interesting read for others listening to it. And, and there are some good tips there. And of course, we're available as well for a conversation if anyone does need any further support on that as well moving forward. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. It's been a journey for us as well um, in, in viewing it from that perspective. And, and likewise, operating um, the businesses that we are, it, it's helped us to look at it from a different angle, many different angles that we maybe wouldn't have. Um, and it's given us some uh, perspective. I think that's, that's a, an interesting yeah. takeaway for it. But uh, look, there, there, we don't want to give all the secret stuff of the way. Um, and uh, we want to make sure some people are actually going to read it. <laughs> so listen, Declan, absolutely delighted. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be the last time we'll ask you whether you come on again or not. I don't know. <laughs> but thank you so much for being here. Um, just before we finish up, uh, I think it's important to give everybody an opportunity to maybe find you if they need to speak to you or, or get in contact with you because obviously you're doing amazing work. Um, where can people find you or get in contact with you? Uh, you'll find easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn. Just search for Declan Barry. Um, uh, you'll also get me on Twitter as DJB underscore NI. However, I will apologize in advance. Um, <laughs> I'm always the most professional on Twitter. Love it. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's more my that's more my happy place than than than, than LinkedIn. But you get me on LinkedIn, or else you can get me on Declan at exportexplore.com, uh, and I'll be happy to engage. I'm I'm not a hard guy to get a hold of. Love it. And Listen, thank you very much. Good to chat to you today. And I think one of the themes that's come through here today is our tagline, which we always finish with um, on Culture Talks, and that is remember, engage, enable, and empower.